Hello, Wendy. Hello, Jane. Welcome to Love Letters, Life and Other Conversations. Hi, Wendy. Ah, jinx. Do you know what jinx means? I do because I live with a child. <laughs> of course. Okay. So when you say the same thing at the same time, it's jinx. Because I said jinx, you're not supposed to be able to talk now until I say Wendy again, which I just did. How are you today? <laughs> I'm brilliant. How are you? I am very, very well. I'm, um, I'm sitting on the back steps, as you know, uh, because I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be outside. It's been a beautiful day here, a bit cooler. I think about 26 degrees, which is what in your language, 52 plus 32 is 84. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. We are having yeah. a much cooler day as well, and it's significantly less humid, so mm -hmm. it just feels delightful. Mm. Well, I'm sitting here looking at my husband's wash on the line, which <laughs> I hung up, having a bit of a chuckle to myself because I've invited our dear friends, John and Doris. John is 96 years old for dinner at 6 p.m. because I decided we should do an early one. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pairs of underpants <laughs> hanging on the line. I'm wondering whether I should get them off the line before our guests arrive for dinner. What I do think you think, Wendy? I think that's a great idea. You do? <laughs> I do. I also think it would be a great idea to interview John for the podcast. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I must do that. I'll have a chat to him about that tonight, actually. Yes, I love the story that you told us in Mastering the Art of Hospitality when he came down the driveway to greet you your first mm. day at Bosway. Oh. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just... I heard that I've Australians had bought Shadow de Bosway and I just had to see it for myself. <laughs> I've never met him and I adore him. So oh, no, I would love to listen to that interview. He is adorable. I will ask him tonight and Thank we will do it, but there is no way known that he will be able to do it on a separate computer. I will need to sit beside him. So the sound quality may not be as good, but I guess, I guess that wouldn't be so bad. I don't KB think so. will, KB will tell us anyway. If yes, it's not. and she's the queen of okay. fixing things. Exactly. Well, I will ask him tonight. That is a solemn promise. Thank you. I've got a good one for you today, Wendy. Ooh, I'm so eager to hear. Okay. I posted this on my stories today because I thought it was a really, really important message that we all need to remember from time to time. Your grown-up kids aren't going to sit around and talk about how the house was decorated or what size clothing you wore. They are going to talk about how safe they felt at home, how you loved them unconditionally, and what it felt like to be a respected family member. I love that. I knew you would. That's beautiful and true. Yeah, let's pull it apart a bit, shall we? Let's. I know you don't have a grown-up kid yet, but you, you are a grown-up kid. Yes. And I think this is just such a true and 
the French would say, to le monde, all the world over. Such a statement that's such a world-renowned statement. Your grown-up kids aren't going to sit around and talk about how the house was decorated. True. Or what size clothing you wore. They are going to talk about how safe they felt at home, how you loved them unconditionally, and what it felt like to be a respected family member. Now, the first thing that I will say is that my Maddie talks about how she loved coming home to our home every day when she was growing up. She said, everything always looked so perfect. I was a bit of a freak when it came to the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, but I don't recall any of my meditation practice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you and I both um, are cleaners, so we really quite enjoy making our spaces look lovely. Yes, Um, because I think that's not right for us, though. We don't do it in case somebody drops by and we don't want them to judge us. We do it because we like a clean space. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I will always open my front door, even if my house isn't perfect. And I will say, oh, please excuse the mess in the powder room. I haven't been in there today. So I don't know what it might look like. Correct. Right. Um, (laughs) I don't recall any of the kids ever making any comment about what size clothing I wore. Right. 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 But I know that I, I know that they I know that they loved their home where they grew up. I know that they, I know that they came home from school and it kicked off their little shoes and sand would fall out of their shoes all over my, I had, um, (laughs) I had marine blue, French blue carpet. Ooh. And flagstone pavers all through the family room. And they were like sandstone. And there was sand everywhere, every single night. And, you know, I'd say to the kids when we got out of the car, can everyone take off their shoes and empty their shoes out outside? And they thought it was a great joke to run inside and empty their shoes out on the carpet. Oh, my. That is the plight. You were outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah. I am not outnumbered. So that would happen. There were four of them. They thought it was hysterical. You know, I'm sure I would say that isn't what I asked you to do. But, you know, I also knew that within 14 hours, the vacuum cleaner was going to be out again. (laughs) Well, you're very gracious. I probably really wanted happy children. Well, you know what? I think that's a really beautiful perspective, Jane, because I am not outnumbered and Mm -hmm. I do want a happy child. And I would have not waited 14 hours to vacuum up that mess. And the first time I would have vacuumed it up, the second time, I probably would have asked Amelia to vacuum it up. Mm -hmm. And then that would be the end of that silly behavior. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That makes me sound like a crazy person. So I'm going to take that in. No, no, it's not a crazy person. It's just that you know, the difference between you and I is that I had a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old and a seven-year-old, and then I had a baby. So as I was coming through that door, I had that baby tucked under my arm 
And the other three little naughty ones, and they were not naughty children. They never, you know, they just made me laugh. They did it almost to, you know, see how I would react. But right. I was, I was so, I don't know whether I've ever told you this, but I, I grew up in a household where I really didn't know what mum's mood was going to be like mm. on a daily basis. Okay. Have we have we had this discussion? I think we might have when you were in France. Yes, I think so. so. You know, she was incredible and I loved her madly. Yes. But she was odd. You know, you did not know what you were going to wake up to. You could wake up to the most beautiful person in the world who would be chatty and loving and you know, couldn't you couldn't have asked for more or you could wake up to this person that was moody and brooding and um, combative. Mm. And when I became a mother, I vowed and declared that my children would never wake up to that, that I would get up at 5am, I would put on a couple of loads of washing, I would walk to the bakery and get fresh bread, I would have everything perfect for when they got to the kitchen bench to have their breakfast. And, you know, I'm not saying this to make myself out to be some sort of martyr. I'm just saying I had one thing and I wanted another thing for my children. I wanted them. I wanted them to know safety and unconditional love at all times. That's so beautiful, Jane. You know, I, I have found, and even most recently, unpredictable behavior makes me feel unsafe. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, I love knowing that story and I love knowing your intention. And, you know, obviously you get to do whatever you want for whatever reason you want. It doesn't matter if I agree with you or don't. I Mm. I think this is beautiful. And I often in my wedding planning career would be chatting with a bride and groom and they would say, okay, I know this seems crazy or this might be weird, but we really want to do X, Y, Z. And I know that's not really a wedding thing. Is that okay? Like, first of all, I'm your wedding planner. It's not my yeah. wedding. You get to yeah. do whatever you, you get want. to do whatever you want. Yes. You tell me the script, right? Thank you for yeah. asking my opinion, but yeah. my overall a filter for any ideas that might have been outside of tradition was if you can articulate the reason why you want to do this thing that is unexpected at a wedding then I'm 100% in with you. Mm. If you're Mm. wanting to do something because you just, because your mom will hate it or you just don't want to be, you know, in a, the same pattern that everybody, if you're just doing it to be obnoxious or kind of buck tradition, but you don't Uh have a reason for it, then Mm. I would say, well, you know, can let, you know, tell me more, say more about Mm. this so Mm. that I understand where you're coming from, but you want, you know, getting up early and doing all those chores and creating this beautiful environment for your children. I can see how, you know, 
some people from the outside who didn't have all this information could mm. say that, oh, you're setting yourself up or you're just being a martyr or yep. you're yep. whatever. But we've talked yep. about this before. Perspective and yeah. information changes the way we think about another mm. person's actions. Yeah. And, and I have four adult children now, Wendy, mm-hmm. who know how to clean. Yeah. They can clean a toilet better than anyone. Yep. They're all great cooks. They all um, started doing their own washing when they were about 12 years old. Yep. They can wash, they can iron, they can hem, they can sew on a button. They're good people. Right. You know, the fact that I wanted them to have an easy morning was about I just wanted them to concentrate on being kids and right. and going to school happy right. and I know that sounds a bit trite oh I don't think but, so but I didn't always feel happy going right. to school you I, know? I 100% agree with that that is something that's really important for me mm. for Amelia as well yeah is that, yeah well and you I, and I have talked about that you know you your your you place great importance on driving Amelia to school and seeing her go through that school gate. Yes. Happy. And we have, uh, and I was exactly the same. You know, Pete used to say to me, Oh, you know, they could start getting the tram to school. They could start walking. They could start this. I said, you know what? I've put too much into this and I enjoy this part yeah. of my day. I actually really enjoy the school run and seeing my kids go through the gate happy fed Mm -hmm. yes and you know prepared for the school day right I Um, send Amelia out the door of the car you know if we're walking I start saying uh it when we're almost to where I drop her or if when we're in the car I just start telling her you are kind you are a beautiful friend you make great choices you're smart you're generous, you're considerate, you are the most amazing human I've ever met. And you're my favorite person on the planet. Have a beautiful day. And she gets out of well, the car and she's on her way. She goes and out I, of the car when she's a, a grown up. Yes. She's going to talk about how she felt safe at home. She felt safe at school and how she felt unconditional love. And what it felt like, and this is the big one, yes, to be a respected family member. Mm, yes. To be heard. Absolutely. And, and, when, and when you voice an opinion or start a debate that respectfully your family members actually sat and listened. Right. And that all starts with parents listening. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, I know it's a generational thing as well, you know, that it's easy for us to talk about this now and say, we want this for our children. And, and perhaps not all of us had that when we were growing up. Right. You know. Right. And our parents didn't have that. They didn't have it either. So, you know, they did the best they could in we bringing us are. up and you know we, and, and you know we sort of went through the doctor spot right period right 
I mean, young mothers aren't now parking their babies outside with no nappies on so that their, you know, poor little nappy rash bottoms can get a little bit of sunlight or um, letting babies scream through the night with controlled crying to get them into routines. I mean, mothers today are demand, I mean, I demand fed with Alex. Uh, demand feeding had already come in with Alex. So that that is certainly, well, she's 22 years old. But demand feeding was not in when, when Lockie was born. He's 30 years old. And what is demand feeding? Because okay, I've, demand never, feeding I've never is had an infant. Feeding, feeding a baby when the baby cries, when oh, the baby, okay. you know, listening to the cues okay. and, you know, check the, check the nappy, check that there's, you know, if you use, if you use pins and old-fashioned nappies, sure. cloth nappies, check there's no pins sticking into the baby. Check that they're, you know, not wet or dirty. And then if those two things are okay and the baby's not too hot or too cold or whatever, then mm. it's a fair chance that the baby's hungry. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the old Dr. Spock method was that you feed your baby, I think it's every four hours and then six hours and you know and once they got a little bit older but from when Lockie was born to when Alex was born we had definitely thrown all of that out the window and we were doing the demand feeding and she slept in our bed sure till she was 14 months old and then she had her own cot and then she had her own bed but they were all allowed to come into our bed whenever they wanted to and they did freely and I think that's and I think that's one of the that is one of the things that makes kids oh it's a controversial one though isn't it it's one of the makes kids feel safe that I I remember I remember being a kid and I I had a beautiful bedroom oh my gosh it was gorgeous I had a four-poster canopy bed My room had stairs in it. There were two levels to my room. So my bed was on the top level and I had stairs and a big play area and a walk-in closet. It was a beautiful room. I enjoyed being in there all day playing. I was not interested in sleeping (laughs) in that room by myself. I wanted to be in my parents' room. I wanted to be in my brother's room. I just didn't want to be by myself. And Mm -hmm. And I know it was a struggle for my parents wanting me to sleep in my own room. And Mm -hmm. I remember one night coming downstairs and there was a space on the staircase where I could peek around the corner and look down even to another level of the house Mm -hmm. where my parents were watching TV. And I remember I was crying. I was afraid of the dark. I wanted somebody to either come upstairs with me or just let me sleep in your room. I'll still be by myself upstairs, but I just need to not be in my room. Mm -hmm. And I remember my parents being frustrated, Mm -hmm. which now that I'm a parent, I 100% understand. But I also remember that I was told to go back upstairs and stop crying. Mm -hmm. And because I recall that memory so much, I, I don't do that to Amelia. 
She has recently become afraid to go anywhere in the house by herself. It doesn't, if it's day, if it's night, it doesn't matter. Sometimes Mm -hmm. she'll take the dog with her. If she can take Harriet with her, sometimes that works, but otherwise she won't. And, you know, I'm doing 8,000 things. I don't want to make the time to go do that, but I remember how I felt. And so I tell her, I've told her that story and I say, I am only going upstairs with you because I made a promise to myself (laughs) because of how I felt. But I also want to give her tools so she can feel safe and protected and loved. And that's all a balance. And it's exactly the same as me with not wanting my children to have anything, but the same, wanting my children to wake up to the same person in the right mood every morning. Right. I mean, I had a hundred thousand nights that I wasn't crying and afraid and my parents telling me stop crying and get upstairs right now. But I only remember the one time. And I don't don't want that for, you know, it's not even that I don't want that for Amelia. I don't want that for me. No, no, no. I don't want to disregard her feelings because of a book that I read or a sermon that I heard or some parenting guru told me I'm supposed to I'm I'm gonna trust myself and sometimes I say I need you to use your tools that you have to feel safe and protected and loved and go upstairs by yourself and I'm gonna stand right here at the bottom of the stairs because I want Mm -hmm. you to practice being brave which Mm -hmm. is empowered vulnerability and but most of the time I'm just going to stop and go up with her yeah yeah and nobody ever walked down the aisle still to clean their teeth by themselves yeah so she'll be fine but right now I'm going to parent her exactly hooray to that yes it's a it's a beautiful opportunity and I prayed for this opportunity for 24 years I know you so, did. You know, you again, you I know, know what you it were meant to outnumbered. you. You were outnumbered and you were young. So I'm 54 years old, raising an eight year old. I have energy. I have time. I have insight. I have an in tuned intuition. And I'm just trying to do this in the best way I possibly can. Okay. And I think you're doing a magnificent job. Aww, I read to you something that my. That Steph, who's like my fourth daughter, yes, um, the mother of my grandchildren, yes, what she wrote today. Until I was eight or nine years old, my brother and I slept in our parents' bedroom. It was our nest. In my memory, my bedroom was never that. It had a bed that I never once slept in. It was simply a room with my stuff, a place where I learned to tie my shoes, or a space that. Alexandra Cameron and I would trash when she came over and a very foreign sleep place to me. Only in the last year, I've realized how much this has shaped me. Their bedroom was our bedroom. It was the norm in our house. 
as were so many other things like ripping up carpet on a whim to expose the floorboards, having Microsoft Sam family battles on our slick new computer, or having the most wonderful babysitter who took us egging at 10pm mm-hmm. after someone at her school hurt her disabled sister. I landed my first and only ever egg throw inside his window or graffitiing the entirety of our house in the two years before we rebuilt it. From very humble beginnings, when it was a priority to send us to private schools, my new school friends' parents would come to drop them off for a play date, then leave soon after they saw our bunged-up graffitied house with tiny nails where the carpet should be. Uh, Claudia and Everyday Cook were the first friends who didn't bat an eyelid. The parenting you've had will always bleed into the way you parent. Mm. Though times shift and, of course, things change through the generations. But I am so thankful for the people my mum and dad are and how they paved the road of parenthood for me. It goes on. That I'll is stop beautiful. It really. She's a very um, gifted writer. She, isn't she? She yes. is a very gifted writer. But it really sort of speaks to what we've been talking about today. I love that. I did too. What are your takeaways, Miss Wendy? Mm. My takeaway is to continue to parent in a way that makes the conversations 20 years from now one that I'm proud to be listening to. Mm. What you just said, being part of the conversation in 20 years time that you're proud to be part of. It's a, it's a little bit like that old that old saying, you know, what would you like people to be saying at your funeral? Exactly. What would you like your children to be saying about you when they're parents, when they are parents. I would love for her to say the same things I say about her. Exactly. And I'm sure she will. That makes I'm me sure. cry. Oh, that was such a lovely conversation, my friends. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, for that. One love to another. Yes, great thank job. You for the conversation. You're doing a great job. So are you, my friend. I look forward to next week's conversation. I'm really looking forward to next week's conversation. Mm, I can't wait to hear what you have for me. Oh, it's a good one. Woo! I'll see you then. I've already organized it. Yes. I'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We have loved this conversation and sharing this love letter with you. And we would like to invite you to send us your love letters. Visit the link in the show notes to send us your letters and to join our email list. See you next week.